Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Y'all grab your Bibles with me. Um, I think the first place we're going to land this morning is Joshua chapter 9. It'll be just a minute before we get there. Joshua chapter 9 is where we'll start. You ready for the word? All right, let's pray. Lord, these are the sheep of your pasture, and you are the good shepherd. So, Lord, I just pray that you would use me today. I just I yield myself, I yield my mind and my, and my mouth uh, to be used of you. Say what it is you want to say. Do what it is you want to do. Lead us where we need to be because we are the sheep of your pasture. I pray, God, that you would help us to open our hearts and our spiritual ears and our minds, God, to hear what it is you're saying to us today. And, Lord, may we have the courage not just to hear the word, not just to know the word, but to do the word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, usually around this time every year, people begin to ask me, or some people don't ask, they just wonder, what, Pastor, do you hear anything, the Lord saying anything to you for the new year? What's, what's on your heart for the new year? Um, and so I'm going to answer that question today. It's really just two words. Pray first. Pray first. If you'll stand, we'll be dismissed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but we really could, right? Because that's pretty much self-explanatory, though I'll spend the next few minutes doing it anyway. Um, pray first. It's something that I heard come out my mouth a couple of weeks ago as I made the transition. I think the day that Jordan preached as I made the transition from, from worship into the time of the word. Uh, pray first is what's on my heart. Um, that's what God's saying to me. It's what God is, seems to be saying to people around me as well. And that's where I, where's where I find a lot of comfort and confirmation. Um, it's starting in a couple of weeks from tonight. Uh, uh, Corey and Bree and the team are going to start doing prayer and worship nights once a month, I think. So at least for January, February, March, we're going to do prayer and worship nights, uh, January 23rd. I hope that's still on the calendar because I just totally said that out loud. Um, so the two weeks from tonight, we have prayer and worship. Prayer has been on the heart of Corey for several months. That's why we did the prayer night, prayer and worship night in September. That's why we converted the prayer and worship, worship night, uh, the Thanksgiving service into prayer and worship uh, this year, it's on the hearts of a lot of people. Um, it's, it's been on the hearts of our prayer team who have not been meeting in person for the last couple of years, but, but I, I heard from their mouths uh, at different times and different places, they all said, I just think it's time for us to get together. And so this past week, they got together uh, on Monday night to start our intercessory prayer group meeting again. Prayer is just on the minds of, of, it seems like, not just our church, but on the body of Christ in general. And I, and I, I think that's, uh, it's a good thing. It's an important thing. It's a powerful thing. Why? Because I'm just so tired of seeing believers and unfortunately too many times myself treat prayer as if it's a last resort. We say ridiculous things like, well, all we can do now is pray. 
then you're good. If that's all you've got left to pray to do is pray, then you're exactly where you need to be. But we say it as if all hope is lost and all we can do is pray. Prayer is not a last resort. It should be our first response. And that's what the Lord is just saying to me over and over again is pray first. Not just pray, but pray first. Not pray only, but pray first. Prayer is a tremendous privilege. We get to go, it's not just words, right? We get to go into the presence of the Lord, into the very throne room of the Almighty where we find him standing or seated. And he says, bring your petitions. He, Jesus literally shed his blood so that we would have the, the, the authority, the right to come into the throne room of God and lay our petitions down before his feet. So what the Lord's saying to me this year is before we plan, before we talk, before we brainstorm, before we seek advice, before we go to a conference, before we do anything else, we have got to learn to pray first, first. So I want to share some scriptures with you around this topic and just see what the Lord has to, has to say to us today. So the thing that sort of is on people's minds, okay, we need to pray first, but like what happens if you don't pray first? Well, there's a great example in Joshua chapter nine, Joshua nine, verses six and seven. Then we're going to jump to 12 through 16 when they arrived and we'll explain who uh, who they are, when they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, we've come from a distant land to ask, to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites uh, replied to these Hivites, how do we know you don't live nearby? For if, we, if you do, we can't make a treaty with you. Um, and so in, in verse 12, it says this, this is what they're telling them. This bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes, but now you can see it's dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they're old and split open. Our clothes, our sandals are worn out from our very long journey. So the, this is the key. So the Israelites examined their food, but they didn't consult the Lord. They didn't pray first. What Joshua do? He made a treaty, made a peace treaty with them guaranteed their safety and the leaders of the of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath three days after making the treaty they learned these people actually live nearby joshua entered a treaty with the very people that god had commanded him to eliminate to conquer to defeat to wipe off the face of the earth he and, and he did that because he never asked the lord about it See, Joshua in, in chapter one, when you see him taking over from Moses, he's real, he's real insecure. He's like, oh, hey, God, I, I'm not sure I can do this. Now, like Moses was the man, and now I, I don't know what to do. And he's, man, he's seeking God every turn. Now he's got a little experience under his belt. Now he's got this, now he's got this, uh, I got this kind of mindset. I got this. This is so obvious. I don't need to go to the Lord with it. I got this. He got comfortable in his leadership, he got comfortable in himself, and he made what seemed to be an easy decision, but he didn't know that he was being deceived. Here's a question. How many times have we made peace with something that God wanted destroyed? How many times have we made friends with our enemies? 
because we never ask God about it? How many times have we done what seemed to be right only to find out it was not what it seemed? Proverbs says there is a way that seems right. But what does it say? Y'all seem to be familiar with this. What's the end of that road? It's death. It's destruction. It ain't good. There's a way that seems right, but it's not right. If we'll pray first, if we'll invite God into the situation, he wants to keep us from the end of that road, which is destruction. He wants to keep us from destroying ourselves. Because listen, we, we don't know what we don't know. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, I know it's the love chapter, but at the end of that, he says right now we're seeing, and King James says, we see through a glass darkly. It's, we, so let me put it in 2022 language. It's a tinted window. Our ability to see what's going on around us is like looking through a tinted window that's probably not legal. <laughs> All right? <laughs> that is illegally dark. You say, well, I've got my eyes wide open. Yes, but you're looking through a window that you can't even see out of. The present, the present isn't even clear to us. How do we expect to know what the future holds? Right? So that's why we have to learn to pray first. Even if it looks easy, even if we think we got this. Even if it looks like a slam dunk, because the, the sneakiest traps are disguised as the easiest decisions. The sneakiest traps are, are, are disguised as the easiest decisions. If you're straining and struggling over two, uh, two choices, it's probably not, a, not a, a trap. It's the easy stuff that gets you. So you wonder, is this, is this person too good to be true? Is this, is this my dream? Is this my soulmate? They seem everything's just perfect about them. This is my soulmate. Or it might be a crazed lunatic who's going to change as soon as you say, I do. <laughs> and all the single people said, and that's why I'm single. Right? So what do you do? You pray first and often. Is this, this, this job offer seems more than I, it's more, they gave me more than I even asked for. It seems to be exactly what I, is my dream job or it's a nightmare. Which one is it? You don't know. You, you don't know because you can't know. So what do you do? Pray first. How many other situations do you face in your life on a daily basis that you're struggling with? Should I be friends with this person? Like, should I let them into my circle or not? Should, should I be going there or not? Should I be doing this or not? Should I be entertaining these thoughts or not? Pray first. Pray first. Because we can't tell from where we're standing. Tinted windows everywhere. So pray first. All right, so John, how do, you, how do you pray? Okay, I'm going to pray first. But what does that mean? Is there a prayer I need to repeat? Is there like a magic prayer? No, that's witchcraft. That's a different building. That's just keep driving. We, we don't do that. It, this is a relationship with God. It ain't magic words. It's not incantations, not chants. It's a relation. It's a conversation with a person with whom you have a relationship. 
Okay? So what does prayer look like? First, the first thing we have to do is pray with honesty. Pray with honesty. You cannot ask God for a solution to a problem that you don't admit you have. You ever tried to pray like sideways? <laughs> like sneaking up on God to get him to do something? You don't want to tell him about it, but you need... That's, such, that's just hogwash. It is spiritual hogwash. No, there's no scripture reference for that. But it is. I, I want to show you Hezekiah. This has, been, this has been on my heart for several weeks. Hezekiah in 2 Kings, and I'll show you one particular scripture in a minute, but Hezekiah had a problem. Um, he was the king of Judah. He was, uh, he was being attacked by the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria had come. They had surrounded the city, and the king of Assyria had sent a messenger And he said, and he was right, we have whooped every king and destroyed every kingdom between here and home. And we're here to do the same thing for you. How would you like to get that letter, right? And, and, but the, the problem was he crossed the line. He crossed the line. He didn't know he was crossing the line, but he also said, I know, he said, this is my paraphrase of this, in the letter, he said to King Hezekiah, I know you're going to go pray to your God, but understand every one of these other kings and kingdoms had gods too, and I still killed all of them. So what, what do you do when you get that kind of challenge, when you get that kind of uh, difficulty? He prayed first. He didn't call a meeting of the, of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He didn't call the National Security Council. He didn't call, in his day, the elders of Israel. He didn't call the captains and the generals of the army. He prayed. I want to show this to you because it's so unusual. I, I just, I love this. Uh, verse 14 in 2 Kings 19. After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. You ever, been, you ever been stunned speechless? Like you can't even talk? I, I love this because it doesn't say he prayed yet. <laughs> he went to the presence of the Lord. He laid that bad boy out. Like God didn't, he, he wouldn't even tell God what it said. He's like, God, read this mess right here. Read this. <laughs> right? Read this. And, and, and at some point he gets to, he says, God, listen, I, we need to be saved. If you don't save us, we're going to die. So, I mean, he gets to the brass. He's real honest about it. He didn't deny that they were in trouble. But I I also love what he said. He's like, you know, he's insulting you in this too. (laughs) And I would really love it if you would show him who the real God is. Right? But it was such a brutally honest prayer. It wasn't all the these and thous. It doesn't say he prayed for 12 hours. He just like, God, read this mess right here because I got no clue because I'm fixing to die. If you don't do something about this, we all going to die. I think sometimes that's what we need to do. Sometimes we just need to go to God and maybe we lay our bills out. Like lay them all out there. And like, God, I got money to pay that one. (laughs) All the rest of these are yours. I don't know what you're going to do with it. Right? Maybe, maybe you need to lay out that relationship issue that you've got. Say, like, I, I, I said everything I know to say, and they're still crazy. Right? I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. You're going to have to fix this because I don't know. Right? We have situations that are going on in our lives. We don't even know where to start sometimes. 
So if you ain't even got words to say, just lay it out there for him. He, he, can, he can read. God can read. He hears, he even hears the unspoken needs that are in your heart that are so painful you can't even get them out. Amen. Amen. I, I, many, many one-word prayers in my life. God, yeah, help, Jesus. He's not offended by none of that. I'm not taking his name in vain. I'm talking to him. But that's all I got to say. It's got to be rooted in reality. If we deny that there is an issue, and if we deny that we can't fix it, then what's he going to do? We have, our prayer lives have to be prayed in honesty. They have to be rooted in reality, not pious religious words, not trying to spin the truth so God don't get mad at us. Prayer is a place above all places that we drop the masks. We, we, just, we can be bare bones honest with God about what's going on in our lives. And he already knows. He just needs us to the place of surrender where we can say, this is it, God, and I don't know what else to do. And that's what he's been waiting to hear all along. So, so w- let me ask it this way. Are there, what are the things in your life that you just need to lay out before the Lord this morning? What are the things that you've been spinning around trying to figure out how to fix? You know good and well you can't fix it. Is it time to just lay some things out this morning? And just say, God, you got to handle this. you got to handle this. Maybe it's, maybe it's the bills, maybe it's the diagnosis, maybe it's the situation at work, maybe it's the tattered pieces of your soul that's been crushed by grief or tragedy or trauma. Effective prayer is rooted in reality. It's rooted in honesty. You have to be honest and open with the Lord. Second thing that prayer needs to be, you need to pray with humility Pray with humility. Let me, let me show you this. You, you, you can read this scripture and it not be graduation season. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, in all, his, in all your ways, right? And he will show you which path to take. That's not just a graduation prayer for 18-year-olds. That should be a daily position of our hearts. Prayer is a pride killer. Prayer is a pride killer. How's that? Because prayer requires that you admit you don't know everything. It's where you have to admit you can't meet your own need because if you did, you wouldn't be praying about it. Prayer is a place where you have to admit you may not have the purest motives for what you're asking about. You ever been to God with some crazy mess and you know it's crazy? Like you like, I'm not, this is not good. I am not in a good place. I'm asking this, but I'm probably not in the best place to be asking. Right? Sometimes that divine no from the grown up in the room is a, is a good thing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. We have to humble ourselves before the Lord when we pray. Humble ourselves to the searching of the spirit to purify our hearts and our motives towards this thing. It's a real simple proposition according to Proverbs. You acknowledge your dependence on him and he leads you to the right way. Or you can be stubborn. Any stubborn people in the room? You can be stubborn and do it 
choose your own path and face your consequences. Say, John, listen, I ain't got time to pray for an hour about every little thing and every little decision. No, I I don't either. Nobody's got an hour to pray about every little thing. The good news is it don't take an hour to acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Right? You, You can, I have prayed sincerely, fervently as I've, as I'm walking down the hall to have an uncomfortable meeting. I have, I have prayed fervently and sincerely in the three or four seconds while the phone's ringing on the other end. Like I'm hoping it takes them like six rings to pick up because I'm still, I ain't done praying because they, their world just fall, just fell apart and I've got nothing to say that's going to make it change. Seeking God while the phone rings. Acknowledging him in all our ways. You know, you can even acknowledge God in the, in the middle. We're really better at the beginning of a disagreement with your spouse. Like if you can press pause long enough to breathe and say, God, now God. Right? Save yourself a world of hurt. Or anybody else you might be in the middle of a disagreement with. In all kinds of situations, it can be a short prayer of surrender. A short prayer of humility. Where you say, God, I don't know. I don't have the words. You're going to have to guide me. You're going to have to speak through me. I don't know what to do. God, help me handle this right. Because right now I've got no idea. Lord, check my heart. Purify my motives. You ever been like fired up and you have an idea of what it is you want to do, but you also have an inkling somewhere that that's probably not what you need to do? Yeah, you need to pray fast because some things are right in your face. You ain't got an hour. You got like now. You can still pray. You can still acknowledge him. You can still surrender yourself, submit yourself to him. So, so the key is to pray Pray first and let him lead you. But, but you've got to let him lead you and do what he says. Because if you're, if you're determined to do what you think is best in every situation, don't waste your time praying. Just don't. Wasting his time, wasting your time. Because when you're determined to do what you think is best, that's pride. And it's the opposite of faith. Diaz taught us last week that faith is the foundation. It's the power source for prayer. If we don't have our, if we don't have our faith in, in place, then we might as well not pray. But if you believe, if you believe that, that there's a knowledge that you don't possess, if you believe and understand that there are powers and forces at play that sometimes you don't understand, that you're not even aware of, if you believe that God knows better than you do, then humble yourself and pray before you do anything else. Pray first. Pray first. Here's the third thing. Pray in the Spirit. You pray in the Spirit. What does that mean? It means several different things. And I want to give you just a few scriptures. Romans 8. Like which, which verse? All of them. Read them all. 1 Corinthians 14. All of them. You're going to miss context if you don't see it all. Jude is only one chapter, so read the whole book. Um, Ephesians 6. 
all talk about praying in the Spirit. Now, does it mean praying in accordance with the Word of God? Sure it does. It, it, because this is, this is the Word of God, and the Word and the Spirit, work, they're, they're, they're the same. They're the, right? They're the, same, they're the same person. So you pray, you can read the book as a prayer book. As you're reading the Scriptures, and you ain't got to read 27 pages a day, you can, whatever you read, read it, as, read it as a prayer book. Pray it over yourself. If it's a promise, pray it over yourself. If it's, it, what, if it's a blessing, then pray it over yourself. If it's a prayer, then pray it over yourself. Because this, so that's praying in accordance with the Spirit because the Word and the Spirit work together. Praying in the Spirit is also about listening to the Holy Spirit as He tells you how to pray about a certain situation. Right? I've said this before, but you, you pray long enough to get your soul in neutral. You come in, we come into our prayer closet with, with an agenda too many times, a checklist of what we want God to do for us. Sometimes we just need to come in with a blank page and just start talking through our day and see what he wants to say about those situations and how we need to pray about them. So praying in the Spirit means listening to him as he leads you and as you pray. But then praying in the Spirit also means, because in, in Romans uh, 8, it says we don't know what to pray. And so we submit ourselves to the Spirit who prays through us with groanings and utterings that we can't even express. He, he, in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about praying in, a, in another language. We've sort of in contemporary church, we call it a prayer language where we submit our hearts to the Lord. We submit ourselves to the Spirit and let him pray through us. He's not just telling us what to pray. He's doing the praying. Why? Because Romans 8 tells us you don't know what to pray. So if you'll submit yourself to the Spirit who knows the mind of God and who searches man's hearts, then he will pray God's will through you. Sometimes you just need to remove yourself from the equation because there are some things that you're so emotionally attached to or so, there are some things that you are, so, uh, you are so locked in on that if you try to pray any other way, if you pray with yourself in the mix, you're going to mess it up. So there are, there are certain situations where you need to completely surrender yourself and allow the Spirit to pray through you. So, so pray humbly. And pray honestly. And pray in the spirit. But pray first. Pray first. Now the last couple of years, I don't know about you, last couple of years have been tough in my world. It seems like 2021 even worse than 2020. Like we thought 2020 was, was terrible until 2021 showed up. And it just came off the hinges. It's been difficult. And as a pastor, I, and this is not whining, it's just the way it is. And we'll talk about that in a, in a few weeks, I think. But, but as a pastor, you're not only bearing your own burdens, but you're, you're trying to help bear the burdens of the congregation. So when something's going on in your life and in your world, it affects my life and my world. And usually that's a fairly manageable proposition. But when the whole stinking world's falling apart and it's affecting everybody in different ways, it's a lot to, it's a lot to bear. It's a lot to carry. And so I, I found myself uh, over and over again recognizing that I have to bring these things to the Lord. I have to bring them and just lay them out to the Lord. 
And there's all, another, you're like, John, where do you come up with these, with these uh, series topics? Like, I can't. Where do you think I came up with I can't? Because I went to the Lord and said, I can't. <laughs> I ain't a genius, y'all. I'm just trying to pray and make it through just like everybody else. And I, and I realized that my, the common theme in my prayer life was I can't do this. I can't fix this. I, I can't even understand this. I've got no ability to change this. I'm not strong enough for this. I'm not smart enough for this. I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And what I've learned about myself is that it takes me too long to get there. That I'll, I will, I'm a workhorse, y'all. I will just keep putting a load on and just keep going. Keep my head down and just keep going until my knees buckle. Because I'm stubborn and dumb. Hush, woman. I'm, I'm, I'm stubborn and dumb. I didn't, he never asked me to drag all of my burdens and your burdens. He said, let's help us, let, let's bear each other's burdens. Well, what do you do? You just help each other carry them to the cross and dump them out. It takes me too long to get to the place where I, where I just pray. That's, that's why I need to learn to pray first. Pray first. So that I don't have to be exhausted before I come to that realization. And I wonder how much pain and heartache I could have saved myself. How many sleepless nights. How, how much worry and anxiety. How much blood pressure issues. How much stomach acid could I have saved myself if I'd prayed first. And, and this leads me to uh, the last point, if you want to call it that. Um, and there's probably scripture for this, but I don't have any. <laughs> pray, um, pray at the throne, but not on the throne. Pray at the throne, but don't pray on the throne. I don't. Uh, I didn't really want to share this, um, but I, I felt like I needed to, and, and I hope that it helps some of you. Um, sometimes, not only do I carry the weight of praying for people, but sometimes I carry the weight for the answer to those prayers. Like I put myself on the hook for the answer. So I got bunches. I got bunches of problems. Like one problem is I don't pray in the first. I don't pray first, or don't pray enough because uh, none of us do, right? But on the other hand, when I do pray, I act like I'm praying to myself. I act like I'm praying, but I'm bearing the weight of the responsibility of, of answering my own stinking prayers. That took me too long to pray in the first place. I'm a hot mess, y'all. I'm just telling you. And I sure hope some of you screwed up people are here too. Um, I had a, um, we would just have a special section for screwed up people, but I think, I think we might outgrow it. Um, had a really interesting experience a couple of months ago. Miss um, Sandra's here. Uh, so Miss Sandra was here a few, I don't know, a couple months maybe. 
And I, and I went back to talk to her and to check on her and see how she's doing and, and uh, spent some time talking with her before service. So we got, to, uh, we got into worship and they play a song. I hadn't, told, I hadn't talked to Sandra about this. They, they played some song and I don't, I don't even remember what it was. And I just glanced over and I just saw, I saw Sandra in the midst of that song and I just thought, man, if this was a few years ago, Carlos would have come dancing down this aisle. And I just started crying. It just, cause I just missed my buddy, right? And just, I don't know, I don't know how many times we've played that song, but I guess it was just having the conversation with Sandra and I'm just, I'm just losing my mind. I'm sure Corey's looking down and going, this is an awesome song, man. We're just, pastor's just all spiritually caught up. No, man, I'm just tore up because I miss my buddy. So we got through that and I pulled myself together and we, we, I preached. I don't remember about what it seemed to, I, I seem to recall it was a really powerful altar service. And, and after I prayed with everybody, um, I just need a little prayer myself. So I went and found me a corner and I just laid down and I'm just weeping and I'm wondering about that experience with, with Carlos and I'm, and, and, uh, and I'm just like, God, I, I think, you know, I guess it's just the grief. I just, I just miss him. And I just think about the, the people that we've lost since I've been the pastor and I'm, and I miss him and I miss Sonia and I miss Tim and I miss Gail and I miss Connie and I miss all these people that we've lost. And so I'm laying there and I'm just praying and I'm telling God, God, I guess you have to heal me from this grief because I'm assuming it's grief and the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's, that's not grief, it's guilt. It's not grief, it's guilt. You're holding yourself responsible when that wasn't your call. You didn't get to decide when they left this earth, that's on me. But you're holding yourself responsible because I'm thinking if, if I had prayed more, if I'd prayed better, if I'd prayed sooner, if I'd prayed different, then it would have turned out different. But that's not on me. And I had to, re- I had to repent of pride. Who in the world left me God? Who in the world put me on the throne to decide when people live or die? Who put me on the throne to decide the, the proper answer to prayers? Prayer answering is the exclusive domain of deity. And I'm not him. My responsibility is to ask. It's not to answer. So... In all of your praying, in all of your praying first, don't confuse who's sitting on the throne because it's not you. It's not you. I think we get this guilt and grief stuff all mixed up. You got to sort it out. You got to figure out some things are just out of your control. 
I want to look at Philippians 4. Um, uh, yeah, that one. Don't worry about anything, Paul said. <laughs> eh, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. What does that mean? Pray first. Pray first. Before you start worrying, pray. And then he tells us how to do that. Tell God what you need. That's, this is prayer. John was prayer. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. You say, okay, so what does that mean? What, what, what good is that going to do me? Verse 7. Then, after you've prayed first, you've told God what you need and you've thanked him for what he's done, then you'll experience God's peace. Isn't that where we started today? Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Pray. Lay it right on out there before him. Be honest. Be humble. Pray in spirit. And remember who's sitting on the throne. And when you do that, the peace of God will come and guard your heart and your mind. Y'all stand with me. Corey, come on, man. Man, I'm glad I don't have to do this twice today. I think the altar call is obvious, isn't it? You got stuff you need to lay out before the Lord. You got stuff you've been working on but you ain't prayed yet. Come pray. Father, I um I think I did what you told me to do. Now you just do the rest. Because we're we're flawed and we're all varying degrees of hot mess I just pray that you would help us help us to pray first not just today but every day for the rest of our lives God help us to acknowledge you in all of our ways draw us to yourself today and heal us hear us from heaven. In Jesus' name. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.